0: Welcome back, Quick Brain. Your question for today is this. How do you develop resilience? Is resilience a muscle? Can it grow stronger, especially in these turbulent times with everything that's going on? How can you develop resilience? How can you have more grit in your life so you could go after your goals, so you can learn better, so you could achieve more? It requires your, your ability, your mental fortitude. And I have a very special guest on the line joining us live here from Vermont, uh, Joe DeSena. He's actually the founder of The Spartan Race and he's author of this book, book, Spartan Up. Joe, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. I feel so out of my league here, <laughs> dude. I, I really enjoyed being on your your podcast. You and I have uh, have have met. We were geeking out over performance, and uh, and you're the founder of Spartan Race. What have you? What have you noticed as the common thread of the people that that you attract for these races?
1: What do you know, they do, Jim? It's you. It's a mom. It's a monk. It's a marine. It, there, there's no set person. Um, it's, I, I get, I get so many emails on a daily basis. And I know, I know your theory on emails there. It, it is the, the incoming person's agenda, but, but the emails are actually a reward for me because they read something like this. Hey, Joe, just want you to know you changed my life. I'm no longer drinking. Hey, Joe, I just want you to know you changed my life. I lost hundred pounds. This makes
0: sense. And so these amazing joy stories that you're getting through email that you've repaired somebody's relationship, or they they, they overcame a big health challenge. They've had this, this level of success. How do you attribute that to the races? Like, what are they going through with that process that leads to that transformation?
1: Well, I would imagine, again, you're a lot smarter than me, but just, um, from a, from, a, from a Flintstone, let's call me a Flintstone, you're a Jetson, I'm a Flintstone. From my perspective, um, not a lot changes if you sit on the couch and you eat popcorn and watch Netflix. There's not, like you're not gonna all of a sudden have a lightning bolt moment on the couch and your life changes. On the other end of the spectrum, you're at a race. You're scared out of your mind. You've been training for it because you don't wanna get hurt. You meet 9,000 people there. You're now in mud and you're like, you've been told your whole life to not get dirty. You're completely covered in mud. You're crawling under barbed wire. You've been told your whole life, stay away from barbed wire, don't get cut, right? And, And you're next to a green beret or a mom who's crying. You then get to a rope climb. You go through this whole thing, you can't breathe, you're sweating, you're, you're thirsty, you're hungry, you're saying you're never gonna do this again. It sounds terrible, right? You come to the finish line, you're so elated. You're like, oh my God, I gotta do that again. I'm much more powerful than I thought I was. I could do more than I thought I could. I'm never gonna complain when I lose the remote control in the house anymore. You can't get stronger
0: by reading a book about pull-ups, right? And we know that knowledge by itself is not, is not power. You have to put it into action. And so when you take people through these races, 10 million, I mean, just, just the only people who are listening, 10 million people have gone through this race, of, you know, or more, you know, probably now, and they're going through a transformation process where they're doing things they never thought they should or could do. And uh, by going through that process, it's visceral. It's like experiential learning. Not learning it necessarily, and I love books, but a lot of people just read a book and just let it go. Like, there, like even my book, they'll just say, Oh, those are great ideas. But if they don't actually do the work, they're not going to get the result.
1: No, no, that's exactly right. You got to do the work, you got to put the time and you got to
0: lean in. So, for resilience, mental toughness, these words we're using interchangeably, fortitude. So you're saying that, what is it, like a muscle? It's something that, that all of us, no
1: matter our age or stage, our background. I mean, you, you would know better than me, but, but I've done thousands of interviews and this is what I say. Hopefully you don't prove me wrong. But I say, as a child, we're all pretty resilient. We wouldn't have lasted as a species as long as we have on the planet. So it doesn't matter. Color, size, shape, we come out as babies. We're pretty resilient creatures. And then we learn helplessness. Mm-hmm. We get bubble wrapped. We get told what our limits are. Thank God for your book, right? We, we, we get put in a box. Um, we start to get in our own heads of what we're capable of or not capable of. And, and so I call that your frame of reference, the goggles you're wearing through life. When you do hard shit, really hard stuff, it's gotta be something that scares the, the crap out of you. It could, it could be uh, playing a concert, uh, the piano. And uh, Carnegie Hall, it could be anything. It could be uh, an incredible uh, interview but but something that really scares you and pushes you to change all your habits leading up to that hard thing, um, you transform and and some of that some of that um, basic resilience, some of that stuff that's deep down inside somewhere that's been masked over with layers of bubble wrap, um, sneaks its head out. And if you grab hold of it and you keep running with it, which is what I did, um, you can go pretty far. For me, it was, all right, well, I've done three hours. Could I do 30 hours? Could I do 30 days, right? Like how, and it's like, wait a minute, I can do anything.
0: What do you do when when some of your clients are, Erasers, racers, they have that inner talk that makes them want to give up. You know, how do, how do you distinguish between that voice that is, is squelching
1: your potential and saying, I just can't go on anymore? So what happens is, and again, you, you, you could tell me, the brain is spitting out anything it can that appears and sounds logical to the person spitting it out. But it's all in an effort to avoid discomfort. Mm -hmm. we are motivated to avoid discomfort. And I can't blame the person, but the person that um, the other 9.99 million that are able to shut that part of the brain off and say, hang on a second. I know what you're saying up there, but I just need you to be quiet because I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to keep moving. And, And so for the remaining week, Now, now let me just put this in perspective to the listeners of this and the viewers. For the remaining week of that camp, that guy ultimately quit, by the way. I got him a car service and he left. Um, The children and the remaining adults had to do, get your head around this, in seven days. They had to do 40 hours of wrestling, whether they had ever wrestled before or not. I had an Olympic coach there teaching them how to wrestle. So that's a lot. That's a lot of time on the mat, sweating and working hard, fighting another individual They had to climb a rope 300 times, a 20-foot rope, that's 6,000 feet of rope climbing, astronomical number. They had to do 1,400 perfect push-ups, which means they probably did 3,000 push-ups because I didn't accept many of them. 1,400 perfect leg raises, and get ready for this one, 50 miles of hiking with 30,000 feet of elevation climb. Okay, All of that is hard for anybody listening or watching to even get their head around. How could that even be possible? It was possible because me and the team led it and we said one foot in front of the other. Hmm. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. This is, this is going to seem insane that you could even, it's not even possible. How could we possibly do this? We did it. We got it done by Sunday morning, the next week. And the kids left with a shirt that outlined what they did. And so if you can shut that voice down in the brain, like I say to people when they first come, you're going to tell me you want to quit. I've seen it for 20 years, 10,000 conversations. I know what you're going to say. You're done. I'm sure professors deal with it in colleges when kids want to drop out of so school. It's the same conversation. At that moment, you have to just trust me and just, just trust what I say and follow what I, what I tell you to do, which is stop talking and put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, those that study history know Shackleton. Shackleton was stuck in the ice for two years. He was stuck with a boat in the ice for two years. They didn't lose a man. Right? I, I know a guy that did 31 years in prison. He was wrongfully accused. He eventually got let out. 31 years. Many of those years, he was in solitary confinement eating toilet paper and toothpaste because they weren't giving him food. So, like, you're really complaining because we're climbing a rope right now in the, in the woods? Yeah. You know what I mean? No.
0: That is that's so visceral for me because it's undeniable because when somebody's doing that, I could, you know, working with, with clients even, they say, like, I, I can't, I don't want to do this memory exercise. I, I'm, I'm tired. They'll, they'll, they'll fight for the limitations. And if you fight for your limitations, they're yours. You get to keep them, right? But the human nervous system will fight and argue for the reasons why you can't do something because it, so you avoid the pain, the discomfort and the change right? You're you're wired to keep everything safe. And anything that's new could be threatening to you. And by going through, I love your process of squelching that inner voice and just focusing on one small step. Like in my book, I call them S3, small, simple steps, right? One step, one. (laughs) In Rocky, they use one step, one punch, one round at a time, right? How How do you, inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's too hard because little by little, a little becomes a lot. It becomes okay. all those ropes or all those climbs or all those push-ups. but breaking on okay. into something that's not as intimidating. And also being in a community, having a mentor, having a coach and being in the community of other people who are going through it with you also as well,
1: you know, must be also, uh, you know, encouraging. I mean, it, it floats all boats, right? Having a bunch of people like, Jim, if you were working out in the morning, Uh, alone, you're going to go to level one. Um, I'm going to go to level one alone in my garage. As soon as we come together, we both go to level three. We don't have to say anything just because that's just right. We bring a few more people in, we go to level five. And so just being around 9,000, 10,000 other people at that event, you just get dragged along. You just get sucked right up into it. Yeah. I love it. So
0: Joe, um, as we wrap up here, when our listeners are listening they want to build mental fortitude they want to build mental toughness they want to build some resilience because they know those qualities will also serve them in their relationship in their physical health, in their career achievement um, what, what's one or two things you would
1: recommend they could do you know right now so again, I want you to push back if I have it wrong but at least for me over 20 years, or more the only way to build mental toughness is is doing something physical um you're not going to do it reading a book you you might learn some techniques reading a book you might learn some cool tricks listening to a podcast but you got to actually get in the game get in the arena and get dirty and um and that could be uh going for a long run and if if you've never run more than three miles uh go out and run nine i can't run nine i've never run more than three Walk six if you have to. If, God forbid, you were in a car accident, you had to go nine miles, you're telling me you'd rather die? No, you go the nine miles. So, so just stretch what you think was possible, right? Uh, you can't take a hot shower? I mean, you can't take a cold shower, turn the hot water heater off. Take a cold shower, right? That'll, that'll uh, straightens it. Do 30 burpees. Carry around a kettlebell. But you got to do something physically hard that scares you, and that will toughen your brain. Um, I don't know of any, by the way, it could be meditating. You could sit, my mother meditated 30 days while fasting, right? You could fast. You want to get mentally tough? You could not eat for a couple of days. You could go 40 days without food. It's hard. I'm not suggesting it, but you could, you could survive 40 days without food. So like, and most of us, by the way, have plenty of excess body fat. (laughs) So, so we, we would be fine without food, Um, but you gotta do something hard that where you're biting your nails, you're nervous about it, and it's really aggravating. Yeah, it's, uh, you and I had this conversation while the beauty's in the
0: butterfly, everyone wants the butterfly, but the struggle happens in the cocoon, the growth happens in the cocoon, getting yourself to do difficult things because most people, they truly underestimate what they're capable of doing. And this is a wonderful way to be able to prove yourself wrong to be able to do these difficult things because with those, with those challenges, that difficulty, we develop ourselves and go to, we go to another level. Joe, um,
1: how can people find out more about you, your races, uh, your. Oh, yeah. Check out Spartan up the podcast. We have a podcast. Um, check me out on Instagram. I think it's at real Joe DeSena, Spartan.com. Everything's Spartan. Um, and if you want, this is going to sound crazy, but shoot me an email, Joe at Spartan.com please don't write more than a sentence or two when somebody writes a four page email, I'm probably not reading. Yeah. I get, I get that. Challenge everyone right now to do this, take a
0: screenshot of this episode, tag Joe, tag myself, post it and share one thing you're going to do to get out of your comfort zone. Because while the, while the comfort zone is a nice place, nothing grows there. All right. While the comfort zone is a nice place, nothing grows there. And so you want to be able to stretch. You don't necessarily want to snap, but you want to be able to stretch yourself. You stretch, you stabilize, you stretch, you stabilize. So take a screenshot, share with your fans, your friends, your family, your followers, one thing you're going to do to get out of your comfort zone uh, today. I will repost some of my favorites. And as always, gift out a copy of Limitless so we can go beyond our limits. Joe, you're, you're a living example of what, how we could redraw the borders and boundaries of what's possible. So I wanna thank you for the great work you do, my friend. I look forward to seeing you in Vermont and I'll say that publicly. I wanna go through and, and, and do that because you know the best way to change your psychology is changing your physiology. Fastest way of doing that. We've talked about that for so much that all learning just like life is state dependent and as your body moves, your brain grooves. And if you get yourself to do something physically that you never thought was possible, you know, that builds our mental, our mental strength, our mental fitness. So Joe, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. And uh, thank everyone who's listening, make sure you make your post and you can take our show notes also at jimquick.com forward slash notes and I'll have all the links to uh, Joe's book, his podcast, and uh, his contact information there. And You're see you soon, thanks buddy. I'm gonna save you a
1: sleeping bag. Thank
0: you, sir. Want to double your brain speed and memory power?